grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is a number of them, but we begin with from the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the undeserved gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, this past week we had our vacation Bible school And the course we decided to use actually is the one that comes from our publishing house, Northwestern Publishing House in in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And this year's theme is Soaring High. I and many of the teachers kind of got a chuckle out of that theme, especially using it here in Colorado uh, with, yeah, all the legalized marijuana. But we changed it to Soaring High with Jesus, and we took the kids in an imaginary hot air balloon trip to a number of different places being reminded of five different Bible stories, and these are true stories that teach us about God and our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. The first trip we took was actually to the American River in California because in 1849 it was discovered that there was gold in that river and thousands upon thousands of people had had come out to pan for gold. And it reminded us of the very gift that the wise men gave to Mary and Joseph and the Lord Jesus when shortly after he was born. The wise men came from the east and they would have traveled a long way. Because they gave gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh, some believe there were only three wise men. We don't know for sure. And because they gave such kingly and and rich gifts, many believe that they were three kings. Once again, we really don't know. But what we do know is God put a star over Jesus that followed him And these wise men followed that star. And when they came to Jerusalem, that star had disappeared. So they went to King Herod, and they asked him, Where is this one called King of the Jews? We have come to worship him. Well, Herod was disturbed, and when Herod gets disturbed, all of Jerusalem gets disturbed, because usually someone's going to die. Well, King Herod called for the uh, religious leaders and the chief priests, and they told him that from Scripture he was to be born in Bethlehem. So he directed the wise men to Bethlehem, but telling them this, tell me where he is so that I too may go and worship him, even though that was not his intention at all. Well, as they went and left Jerusalem and heading to Bethlehem, which was only a couple miles away, the star once again appeared over the home where Jesus was. And when they came to the place, they would lay those 
royal gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh. They came to worship the very Savior who is called the King of the Jews, but he is more than that. For these men were Gentiles, they were non-Jews. The very Savior they are worshiping is the very one who is really the Savior of all, and their Savior included. They couldn't help but give those royal gifts to the very one who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But the greatest treasure would actually come from Jesus himself because he would exchange the manger for the cross. And at the cross, he would pay for the sins of the world. This Jesus, who lived a perfect and holy life, would offer that life as an atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world. And with sins paid for, we would have the true blessing that heaven is our home. And so with that, we too celebrate the greatest treasure ever. It is Jesus Christ. We read from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Our hot air balloon took us down to Brazil to the, to the tropical rainforest. And there, noticing the Brazilian tree. And I don't know if you guys know, but the one fruit that comes from a Brazilian tree is the Brazilian nut. Now, I didn't know very much about the Brazilian nut, but you could get it right at the grocery store. What's interesting is the, the, there's a series of 10 to 20 nuts within a bigger nut, which is almost looks like a coconut, but it's only about the size of a grapefruit. But it is hard as can be. In fact, these trees can grow as high as 10 stories, and to walk under one of these trees with a nut coming down could instantly kill a man. But there is no animal in the tropical forest that can actually break through that hard nut to get to the Brazilian nuts, except for an agouti, uh, an interesting rodent-like creature. gets about two feet and maybe up to eight pounds in size. And this agouti has razor-sharp, extremely sharp and hard front teeth that can actually dig and bust open these nuts to get to the Brazilian nuts inside. And what is interesting is this agouti will take these nuts and hide them like a squirrel. Oh, they may come back later to eat them, or if they forget all about them, they've just planted that Brazilian nut in the ground for now another tree to grow. Amazing how God has set everything up. And yes, I say God has set everything up because it is God who made the heavens and the earth. Things did not happen over millions and billions of years as evolution teaches. No, that may be considered to be true by many today, but it is not the truth that comes from God's word. We believe and teach that the, that the world was created in six 24-hour days by the Almighty God himself, creating everything out of nothing, using only his almighty word. After he created and made the heavens and the earth on the first day, he made light. On the second day, he made the sky. And he separated the waters above the earth and the waters on the earth. 
and had this open expanse. On the third day, he, the whole planet was covered in water, so he will make dry ground appear. And along with it, the vegetation. And the vegetation, he would say over and over again, that every plant would, would grow and would produce according to its kind. An apple produces an apple, a pear produces a pear, a grape produces a grape. And it produces nothing else. Yes, there can be um, different, like microevolution. There may be um, different species, but always within its kind. A grape is a grape. Apple is an apple. A pear is a pear. On the fourth day, he made the sun, moon, and stars, but also made the calendar because he put everything in motion. On the fifth day, he made the fish and the birds. And on the sixth day, he made the land animals, and he made Adam and Eve in a very unique way, unlike everything else he had made. Because Adam and Eve, mankind, would be God's greatest creation. The entire world would be given to man to rule. They would be, technically, the king of the jungle. On the seventh day, God would rest and, and declare it as holy and made it holy. And he didn't rest because he was all tired out. No, this is our almighty God. Instead, our God rested in the sense of he, he stopped creating out of nothing, but he did not stop preserving and guarding and protecting his creation like the Aguti bearing a Brazilian nut, and causing another tree to grow. It is God who watches over this entire world, and it is our Lord God that we pray to. But we don't just pray to any God. In other words, we don't just pray to a mighty God. We pray to the one who is the Almighty, and to him be the glory. We continue with Ephesians chapter 4. We read verse 32. Instead, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven us. Our air balloon took us to Yellowstone, which covers uh, actually a number of states. And in Yellowstone, it is a beautiful, beautiful national park, and, and I wouldn't doubt that millions of people go there every year. But what's unique about the park is you can camp there, you can tons of trails to walk. You can go see Old Faithful, the geyser. You could see a number of different animals. They'll even cross the road as you're driving by. But every year, we do hear of people that get hurt and some even die for coming across an animal that they might have startled or maybe falling down a cliff and didn't have good footing where they were walking. So the rangers there have to handle first aid and have to handle emergencies. And it was, by the way, Peter and John who also handled another emergency. They were going into the temple. It was regular for them to go and pray. And as they were going into the temple, they were heading into one of the gates called Beautiful. And here was laid a beggar. In fact, he was laid there quite often and probably daily. This was a man who had been crippled from birth, and what crippled him we do not know, but he wasn't able to walk. And so his job now became basically being carried by friends 
to the gate and beg for money. So as Peter and John are walking by, the man begs. But he does not look at him as he's begging. So Peter right away asks the man to look at him and says, Gold and silver I cannot give you, but I will give you what I have. In the name of Jesus, walk. And Peter actually reached down and helped the man get up and walk. The man immediately started jumping. He went into the temple courts praising God. And as he walked and jumped, while well, the crowd saw him, many even recognized him. Is that not the beggar that begged as we came in and now he's running around? And this gave the apostle Peter an opportunity to witness Jesus because he made it very clear that the miracle they see did not come from him or John. It came from the very Lord Jesus whom they had killed. But God raised him from the dead. And this very Lord Jesus is their Savior. And many people would hear the gospel truth about Jesus. And we pray that many came to the knowledge of the truth and was saved. But here, the Lord took this crippled man, and you could say, what a terrible and horrible thing, that he was never able to walk. And now God used that for good in order to witness Christ's holy name to another. So when the Apostle Paul writes to the Romans that God works out all things for good, he really does. And the opportunity for us to not only be kind to another and forgive one another and help one another, but also to do so witnessing Jesus to another is a beautiful gift of God that we truly can't thank God enough for. We read from Psalm 98, verse 1, Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. Our next trip actually took us to Michigan, to a place I can honestly say I've never heard of, Sleeping Bear Dunes. I'm wondering if any of you have ever been there, Sleeping Bear Dunes. They, in, 29, in 2010, so 10 years ago or 11 years ago, it was actually voted on as being the most beautiful place in America. Sleeping Bear actually is, it's got its name from a Native American story from the American Indians that told the story about this mother bear whose cub had fallen into Lake Michigan and was drowning. And all she could do was stand there and watch, hoping it would come to the surface so she could grab it. And it never did. So to this day, sleeping bear dooms. What a sad story. Makes you almost depressed. Well, I gotta tell you another sad story, and that is with Paul and Silas. When they were at Philippi, called by God to go and witness to that city. And, and when they do, they had all kinds of enemies speak evil about them, telling lies about them to the point that the magistrates got involved, had them whipped, beaten, and stripped, and thrown into prison. But they were considered 
to be, even though they had done nothing wrong, to be the worst of criminals because not only were they thrown in prison, but they were thrown in the inner cell of prison. And not only did, were they just thrown into a room, they were actually chained with stocks on their feet. They, no way could they escape. The order that was given to the jailer is these men cannot escape. So what does Paul and Silas do? This is the Apostle Paul, called to be an apostle to the Gentiles. His, his friend that has been going with him has been going with him for quite some time, Silas. Both of them in prison. Wouldn't you have expected that they would have been angry and upset and, and maybe have cursed the man and, and, and threw a fit and, and in their anger wished evil upon them? But they did not. Instead, they started praying and started singing. And as they were singing, around midnight, there was a great earthquake. And the prison doors had flew open. The chains around the prisoners had fallen off. When the jailer came and saw that the prison doors were open, he pulled out his sword, ready to kill himself. Paul told him to stop. We're all here. No one has escaped. The first words out of the jailer's mouth was, Sir, what must I do to be saved? And Paul's answer was not, well, here are the boxes you need to check off. But instead, he gave that beautiful gospel invitation, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Through faith in Jesus Christ, you and I are heirs of everlasting life because of everything that Jesus has done for us on the cross with his very life. So because of this, the jailer came to faith in Christ, and not only did Paul have a chance to witness to him, but he had a chance to witness to his entire family. The entire family was baptized. The jailer even bound up their wounds, let them stay at his house. It was truly, truly a beautiful miracle we saw took place, and that's just not from the earthquake or the dropping off of the chains, but the miracle of faith. Because faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit. That the very God, the Holy Spirit himself, works in our hearts. But always using the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you too are saved. We read from a Revelation chapter 2, beginning at verse 10. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. We were taken in our air balloon quite a long distance, Maui, Hawaii. And I can honestly say I've never been to Hawaii, but all the pictures I see, and even watching Elvis Presley movies on Hawaii, is my impression of Hawaii. But I've been told that it's like a heaven here on earth. But there is no heaven here on earth. Heaven is with our almighty God. And we know this especially because of a man named Elijah. In fact, there were only two men that ever actually went to heaven without seeing death. One was Enoch, and the other one was Elijah. Elijah was a prophet of God during very dark days in Israel's history. Uh, they had basically turned away 
from God, the foreign gods. They were worshiping the Canaanite gods of old. Prophet, the prophet I, I, Elijah would have been considered a great reformer as he proclaimed the truth of God's holy name. Elijah was now called by God and told by God that he was going to leave. And God appointed another man, Elisha, to actually follow him because Elisha is going to replace Elijah. And it's amazing that God had this all set up. But to drill home the fact that Elisha would be the next prophet who would preach the holy word of God, he would have Elisha follow Elijah, who was coming from Gilgal and now heading towards Bethel. They meet up with some prophets, and the prophets there said to them, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master? They're, speak they're speaking to Elisha. And Elisha says, Yes, I know, but speak no more of it. Elijah now takes Elisha from Bethel to Jericho. And the prophets at Jericho tell Elisha, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you? And once again, Elisha says, I know, but don't speak of it anymore. They now head to the Jordan, and at the Jordan River, Elijah takes off his cloak, rolls it up, touches the water with it. The water separates from the left and the right, and they walk across on dry ground. Prophets there tell Elisha, do you know that they're going to take the Lord, your master, from you? And once again, he tells them, I know, but don't tell anyone. It was on the other side of the Jordan, which would have been on the east side of the Jordan, someplace over there, the Lord sent a fiery chariot with fiery horses, sent the angels of the Lord, who would pick up Elijah and take him away in a whirlwind. Elisha would yell out, the chariots of fire and the horsemen of fire of Israel, and was just awed by what happened. Left behind by Elijah was his cloak. Elisha would pick it up, go over to the water in order to cross on the other side. He would touch the water with the cloak and immediately the water separated for Elisha to walk on dry ground. When the prophets saw this, they had bowed down before him knowing he was now the replacement of Elijah. Elijah going to heaven reminds us that because Jesus lives, we too shall live, and heaven is our home. But until the day that the Lord calls us home, whether it comes from death or whether it comes on the very last day itself, one thing is certain, the gospel will be proclaimed one generation after the next. Satan cannot stop the preaching and the faithful preaching of his holy word, which is a perfect reminder of us. In this generation, we carry the very holy word of God, this very word we hold dear to our hearts, not only believing it, but proclaiming it, and proclaiming it to everyone, knowing that Jesus is the Savior of all, and especially proclaiming it to the next generation, because they will be carrying the baton called the gospel to those after us. Thank you, Lord, for not only blessing us with heaven, but thank you, Lord, for entrusting us 
with the precious holy word of God. It is our life. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l-u-t-h-e-r-a-n dot o-r-g. May God bless you today and every day.